1: Well, good, uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning, those of you online. Uh, my name's uh, Ross Gilbert, and uh, it's, a, it's a joy to look out and see your shining faces, your shining eyes. Uh, it's interesting. You read through the Old Testament, and you see over and over again uh, God instructing the nation of Israel to celebrate, to celebrate feasts and, and mark certain things. Uh, you know, uh, One of my favorite ones was uh, the story of Gilgal. And Gilgal is where the Israelites, they crossed over the Jordan River, and God created an an altar there, and it's a beautiful symbol of the gospel and what God's done. But then he instructed Israel, he says, every year, bring your children here and tell them the story of crossing the Jordan River and what that meant and the significance of it and so forth. Uh, Another one would be the, the Passover feast where every year they would celebrate Passover as a reminder of how God rescued Israel, how he he set them free. They were slaves in Egypt, and they crossed over the Red Sea and into the wilderness and eventually into the promised land that God gave them. And he instructed them, every year I want you to celebrate Passover as a reminder of what I've done. And so we see that through the Old Testament, but even in the New Testament, we've got that as well. We celebrate communion, and we're going to do that this morning. It's another reminder, another chance to uh, be reminded of what God has done and how he set things up. So that's we, we see that. There's, there's value of looking to your past and remembering what God's done so that in your present and your future you have hope for what God's going to do. Well, as Catherine said, this is, this is our third year now that we've opened up our doors and New Life Fellowship has, has met as a, in a public way as, as uh, we began those three years ago. And on January 1st, uh, or January 20th, sorry, uh, 2019. Happened to be uh, Greg and John's birthday that day. Uh, then they became important uh, on that day. But, uh, but yeah, so w- we normally would have loved to celebrate that with a big party, uh, but we're not allowed to do those sort of things right now, so we're, we decided to do it a little bit different and, and do it on this Sunday morning and just celebrate God and what he's done in each of our lives here. And so we're going to celebrate communion, as I said. Another thing we're going to do this morning is we're going to open up the floor to you guys so you guys can share what God's done in, in your own lives this, this past year. But I've been asked to share a little bit of the story, a little bit of the history of how New Life came to be. There, many of you have kind of joined in the last year or so, and, and maybe you don't know full the, the story of it. And so I've been asked to kind of give you a, a brief rundown of, of how we came to be. And really, it began uh, long before we actually opened up our doors. It began over six years uh, before we actually met for the first time, just even to plan getting together. It was back in 2012 when God began to put a desire in my heart to, to lead a church, to pastor a church, which I, I didn't expect. I remember uh, many years before that, someone had said that, you know, one of these days you're going to pastor a church and kind of laughed at them. And I. I thought going into ministry, just as a counselor was crazy enough, I didn't think pastoring was, that cra- was, was too crazy, but apparently, there's no limit to my craziness. So be forewarned. So so I had this thought, it'd be great to, to yeah to, to have an desire to, to pastor a church. And, and the reason for that was, and this is, I think, kind of the initial uh, reason why New Life exists today was... I was meeting people, I was meeting Christians from all kinds of different denominations, and not just in our own region, but all over the world. And, and the gospel that they had been taught was a very incomplete gospel. They were being taught about their sins were forgiven, and they were being taught that they're going to go to heaven one day. But in the meantime, what they were taught was it was up to them now, that they had to now do their best. They had to, to struggle along and try to imitate and be like Jesus. Now, think about that. Be like Jesus. Is that, is that a difficult thing? No. It's an impossible thing, right, to somehow imitate Jesus. But the reality is that thought, I think, has, has been widespread through our churches today. And yet, I always point out this to people. Do you know the first person to ever suggest that you could do something to be like God? You know who that was? It was Satan in the garden. And yet that seems to be the thinking that Christians have each and every week, that they're being told that here's what you need to do to be more like Jesus, to act like more more like Jesus. And so I was meeting all these Christians that were being beat up in that system, who were failing, who who were not living up to what they wanted to be, and they were struggling, and they were depressed, and they were anxious. And I'd begin to share with them the new covenant to share with them that that more happened than Jesus died for them. That what happened was that they were crucified with Christ and they became a new person. But not only did they become a new person, but God himself, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, came and took up residence inside of them. And he now lives in them to live in them. That the Christian life isn't something God's asking you to do. He's not asking you to pull it off on your own. He's inviting you to trust him so he can live the Christian life in and through you. And so I was, I was helping these people, and it was amazing to see their lives turned around, and, and they were excited, and they were in, their whole relationship with God began to change and turn around. And then they'd go back to their church. And six months, a year later, they'd come back, and they were in that same spot. And they'd forgotten what did they learn because all they were being taught week after week, week after week, was try harder, do more. What's your problem? If you're more sincere, if you're more serious about your faith, don't you know all that God's done for you? And they were just feeling this weight on them more and more. And so God began to put on my heart this desire to say, you know what, there's gotta be a place where people could hear and be reminded week after week about who they are in Jesus and who Jesus is in them so that they can be encouraged and they can grow in that. And, and so I had that desire, but it took, like I said, it took six years before I actually acted on that desire. And, and for a number of reasons, but I think the biggest reason was I wasn't ready yet. Because at that time, all I could think about was just getting up here and just teaching people, but I didn't know what to do with that. And so over the next six years, God began to open my eyes to show me the value of creating a community, a community of people and and, and believers that come together to really love and support one another, a community of grace. And so it took me about six years to kind of learn that and figure that out. I mean, I'd been experiencing with my friends, but I didn't realize the significance of it. And I couldn't put words to it until about 2018, and, uh, and so then I began to think, you know what, it's time now. So Joe and I, we were praying, and we thought about it, <clears throat> and we thought, okay, it's, it's time to go. And so I began to apply. And I applied to some churches to become a pastor, and realized very quickly <clears throat> that no one wanted me. <clears throat> Which is a great test to see if your righteousness is in Jesus and not in your performance. But, uh, but again, I think that was God's plan, because for me, the thought was, I'll, I'll join a church and, and we'll, we'll work from what we got there. And, but no one would hire me because I didn't have the right credentials. They didn't want engineers, apparently. And, and so I thought, well, Lord, I guess, I guess plan B is you're going to have to start a new church from scratch. And so I grabbed some friends together, some families that we'd been walking with and journeying with who we'd done home church with for a time. And, and I sat down with him and I said, this is on my heart. I want to know if God's putting that on your heart to be a part of as well. And, and it was remarkable to see the, the response that people had. The very next day, Jeremy sends me an email, long email, so great. And he, but basically he's like, I'm all in. It was beautiful. It was so encouraging because it was like, I'm not... I mean, I'm crazy, but I'm not that kind of crazy. I'm a different kind of crazy. And that there's, there's, there's something to what God's put on my heart. And so we met for a few months, and, and then we just realized you know what? Let's just go for it. Let's just, we'll figure it out as we go. We'll, we'll kind of crawl, walk, run, or stumble more. But we'll, we'll just sort of start doing that. And, and that's what we began on January 20th, 2019. And we started meeting at Chickabee Hills for a year, and, and it was really cool to see God just work in that first year. And we had a great party. It was, it was incredible. There was dancing, and there was a disco ball, and it was just lots of fun. It was just, just a great celebration of what God had done this last, in that last year. And then the, the strikes happened with the schools, and we were bouncing around for a while, and then COVID hit, and then we were online, on bouncing around, and all that kind of crazy things. And so it's amazing to kind of look back on what the last two years have held. The last two years have been kind of chaotic. And in many ways, when you start off at church, you get a bit of a honeymoon period. Our, our honeymoon period kind of got short, got short, I felt like. But it's still been amazing to see what God's done. And so here we are today. And, and I want to share a little bit of where, where I hope that we can go. And I don't know when we're going to get there, but, but number one, our hope still is that we'll be able to, to afford to either rent or purchase a, a building, a facility, because so much of our dreams in order to to execute or, or experience that community of grace is to have a place, to have a place that we can meet at and use, you know, 24 hours, seven days a week sort of idea. And so that's our goal. And so we're saving money and, and waiting for God to show us a, a building or, or a location that we can either rent or, or buy, uh, and, and we'll provide the funds for that. So that's one thing we're looking forward to. And, and again, I don't know when that's going to happen. Maybe it'd be wonderful this year, but we're going to just keep, continue to trust God for that. But more what I want to see this year is I want to see us, especially as we're starting to come out of this pandemic lockdown at some point, right? March 28th, I think is what I heard COVID ends on that day. <laughs> as long as COVID got the memo, we'll be okay. So, so we're, we're coming out of it at some point. And, and I think what an opportunity that we have as a church. And I say that to, to surround and to encourage one another, but I also think that when we start to come out of it, we're going to start to realize the devastation these last two years have held. I, I use this illustration with someone about how basically what's happened is, is we've been hit by a tsunami, you know two years ago, when all this began, when we were going to lock down for just two weeks. Remember that? And, and we got hit by a tsunami. And what's going to happen is eventually this pandemic lockdown is going to end and the tide's going to go out. And what we're going to see is a mass of devastation in our society. The distrust, the animosity, the, the factions, the division, the, the anger, the, just all that friction, all that mess is what's going to be left. And I look at that and I think, What an opportunity for the church. What an opportunity for the light of Jesus to shine in the midst of that darkness. And I think what we can do is we can create a community where we love and we support and we encourage one another. And we're there for one another in such a way that the world sees that and says, that's what I need. And they don't necessarily recognize that it's Jesus that they're seeing at first. They just see a group of people that love one another, and they say, I want in on that. And I think then we can begin to offer them and share with them that Jesus is the love and the life they're seeing, and that they would be impacted by that. And so that's, that's our goal. That's my goal for what's going to come uh, in, in this year in particular, just where we continue to learn, continue to trust Jesus, continue to experience that community of grace with one another. Does that sound good? All right. Well, what I want to do now then is, is I want to open this up now. we got Jerry going to run around, and he's going to lose some, some pounds running around side to side. So hopefully we'll start on this side, and then go to this side, and then we'll go back to this side, make him run, make him work for it. <clears throat> but I, I want to hear from you guys. Uh, just and Really, I want to open it up. If if there's something that God's put on your heart to to share with the church, this is a great time for that. Remember, we talked about those, those prophetic words, and don't get caught up on that word prophetic, but just words of affirmation, words of exhortation that God may have put on your heart to share with the church. So I want to provide an opportunity for that. Uh, If if God has done something through new life in the last year, we would love to hear that and be encouraged by that. But more importantly, I want to hear, has God done something in your life this last year? This is a chance for us to praise God and and acknowledge God through testimony and sharing. So I want to open that up. We'll do that for a little bit, and then uh, we'll have a, a time of communion afterwards. So who would like to go first? All right, so Sue's on this side. So you guys, someone over here is next, all right? Maybe Solomon or Peter. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: all right. Um, this is this on? Yeah. So um, recently I've been listening to some past sermons. And uh, way back in June of 2019, that's when Ross share for the first time his the heart his heart for new life, the, what he saw as the vision for new life, and he just shared it again this morning. About, um, he said, it, it is meant to be a place where the new covenant message of grace, freedom, and life in Christ is taught and proclaimed in such a way that we get to experience a genuine community of grace a community that expresses God's love and acceptance to one another. Then fast forward to October 2021, and Ross said this, I feel this weight, this pressure, to be the best pastor I can be, to love you well, to lead you well. My desire is not just to teach, but to develop this community of grace that will love and support each other while trusting Jesus and pointing everyone towards him. So I'm here to say to you, Ross, mission accomplished. You have loved us well. You have led us well. You have taught us and showed us how to love and care for one another. One thing that, taught, that Ross taught me early on is that teasing is his way of showing love. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> So the next time he ribs you about being a country music fan or a Pepsi lover or he teases you because you cheer for the wrong hockey team, just know that that's his way of saying I love you. So that being said, Ross, you have loved us well. (laughs) (laughs) You have also led us through some very rough waters. Let's face it. Trying to build a grace community based on community-building events during a lockdown, during a pandemic, has been a challenge. Mm -hmm. But despite the challenges, you have encouraged us, affirmed us, and pointed us to Jesus over and over and over again. So well done, good and faithful servant.
1: Thank you just so you know the Pepsi thing is really out of concern in my heart that, that's, that's not teasing that's just out of concern so but uh, appreciate that so I'd just like to thank you for sharing and um, on behalf of our family we affirm everything you said and you guys have been awesome it's it's uh, been very helpful and To see how much God loves me and our family is changing my heart and changing my life. And I don't have the humility to say counselling, but I've done some executive training with Pastor Ross and uh, (laughs) it has just been outstanding. And I believe that um, it's impacting the employees at uh, B&R as well. So thank you. Thank you, Sue, for sharing. That was just beautiful.
4: So we can see faces, um, this community, to be able to see the little children, my kids are teenagers now, and to know the community that kids will have an opportunity to grow up in, to share our heart of grace for our children, and to see other families with younger children, to be able to, you know, break cycles of shame earlier than we did. And it's such a blessing to be able to walk that road with wonderful leaders that God has given us, and to be able to do that together is such a blessing. I know my kids are like, oh mom, like you are such a like, scary parent. I'm like, I know. <laughs> but God, God is so good. And in the years that God has been showing me things and to be able to walk this road with you guys, just being a part of this community even the last year, to be able to love on my family, to be able to let God love me, is really really such a blessing. So thank you for this community.
2: Amen.
5: So I was one of those people and being probably the senior, I think, by looking around here, I think I'm the senior of the group. Um, I was one of those that went for 30 some odd years um, attending church that um, I just couldn't seem to live up to the expectations. And every time I seemed to think I was getting closer to Jesus, I turned around and started walking the other way because I just didn't feel I was worthy of being called a Christian. And I was getting beat up. I said, well, that's a great service. I really got a good kick in the butt that day. That was over and over and over and over again. And how do, you, how do you learn to walk with love in your heart when you just feel as though you're not, not even worthy of being called a Christian? until I came here. And that gentleman right up there in the stage told me how much I'm loved. And every single service that we've had, I have walked out of here affirmed. I've walked out of here lifted up. I have walked out of here with love in my heart. And when I've been down, And there's been a number of occasions here where I was pretty broken. But Robin, Josh, Greg, Ross, you guys are our pastors. You walk the walk, you talk the talk. You're teaching each and every one of us. I look around this congregation, I've been here and saw lives Witness these lives being changed. Couples that have struggled are coming through it because of this community. When you get a chance to witness stuff like that, how can it not affect you in a great and positive way? And I am so thankful that I stumbled into Chickabee Hills and after uh, it was an actually many of you probably don't, some know, but some don't, SOTD weekend, a men's retreat. My wife was on the ladies' retreat. Do you know how I was greeted when I walked into this church? Jeremy, big hug, Where's it was, I think it was Greg, Greg Balford, or, or, one of the Balfour boys to <laughs> never One's got glasses and one doesn't. That's how I remember. That's it. G for glasses, that's Greg. Okay, so there you go. Um, <laughs> I just am so, I, I'm, my heart is full. And I hope the same can be said for each and every one of you. We can make a difference. God is walking in this congregation, He's walking. And he's present in the hearts of everybody that's here. I, I, you just see it. I've never experienced stuff like this before. And I, you know, as I said, I've been around a few years. So I just want to say thank you. And you know what? Can I get you all to stand and clap for this group of men that have pulled this church together? Because they deserve an absolute round of applause, as far as I'm concerned. And you know you are loved.
1: Thank you, Norm. The guy with the glasses. So that's great.
6: Sorry. (laughs) After me, you come first. Um, I don't know how many people I've shared this to, but uh, a couple years ago, in 2019, the church we were attending closed its doors. And uh, for the first time, we didn't have a church to go to. For the first time in our lives, Dorothy and I both grew up in church. And so we were a bit lost. And all I prayed for... Sorry, I get emotional. (laughs) All I wanted was for Aria to have a place where she could worship and be on a worship team because that is her, her life. She is her full self when she's up there worshiping. So I prayed, Lord, just give me a place that will accept Aria onto the worship team. But what I didn't know was he gave us a place that we needed as well. I wasn't even concerned for me. I just wanted something for Aria But he gave us a family that I didn't know we needed. And when I say family, I mean that in the truest sense. I have prayed for years, Lord, I just need friends that I can hang out with that are also Christian. Because I didn't have that in any of the churches I ever went to. We had people we knew that were acquaintances. We never had friends that we hung out with. Now I have several. (laughs) And I can't tell you how much that means to me. (laughs) I have friends I consider my best friends right here in this room. Hmm. And I just thank God for that.
7: We do have one comment uh, online here from uh, John Buchan. Buchan. Uh, To know the simplicity of Jesus being the answer is all I have needed and so hard to find. New life, you continually show it, and my spirit soars. Thank
1: you. Uh so good, John. Thank you for that. Thanks, John. And if anyone else online wants to share, just just go ahead and make a, make a comment. We'd love to, to hear what, what God's been doing in your life as well. Which Balfour is this? Oh, John? John?
7: The other guy that
8: looks like him. Uh, so before January 20th, 2019, my life didn't
1: have any meaning, but now it
7: does, and that's a praise report.
8: That's right. Those
1: first 37 years were just pointless, I exactly. adrift. You're welcome.
7: <laughs> um,
8: also, I just want to say, too, that I don't think I knew who I was in Christ, and I think I was an insecure Christian, and it came out in ways in my life and in my marriage, and yet coming here has been an amazing blessing to learn and understand who I am in Christ, and it just it solidified so many other things. It gave me so much peace and understanding. That's just been amazing. And so it's been awesome.
1: Very cool. We've got Anita.
9: So I started coming here in July of 2019. And um, I was told this was a grace-based church, which... Was new to me and thought it was very interesting. And the sermons really were great and <clears throat> interesting. And after a couple of Sundays, I was like, well, if it, how are they going to talk about grace every single Sunday? It'll kind to get old. Like, what more can they say about grace? Well, three years later, it, I've learned a lot about grace. And um, so I just, they're very thankful to this community, to the teaching. And um,
10: yeah,
1: thanks, New Life. It is, it is amazing how we think grace is just a, a part of the gospel, and, and grace is, is God. It's who he is. and so why scripture says the grace of God will teach you to live right and upright, not the law of God, not the, the rules. And so that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Uh,
11: well, I am melting, so uh, be patient with me, I guess. Um, there... I think the best way to put it is that we came uh, limping into new life and really struggled with understanding what it's like, what it means to be uh, a person who is either employed by a church or has a calling on their life to pastor. And before we came to new life, my wife and I talked about what a perfect church would be like and what that perfect role would look like for me and, we just dreamed and talked about it. Like we just threw things out there. We're like, this is impossible because churches don't run like this. They're too corporate. They're too, um, they're too programs based. They're too, uh, they're, they expect too much of their pastors uh, and it's too consumer oriented. So there's no way churches church could, could fit this mold. We are just dreaming about it. So we limped into new life on January 20th, 2019 just experiencing what this church would be like, kind of figuring out. God didn't say, here's the perfect church. Step by step, he revealed to us every little aspect of the dream we were just dreaming. You were already becoming that, and you were revealing that to us as you were discovering it. Every step of the way, God's been affirming that this was the right place at the right time for our family. I, I am telling you with words right now what I'm expressing, but I, it, it's limited. I, it, the wonder of what new life is. I think I was taking in the service online, and people were sharing things and talking about the message. And, and I was just so impacted to know that I was all of a sudden part of this wondrous thing that just, again, like, like um, Norman said, I just stumbled into. which is just amazing. So... I cannot end without saying um, Pastor Ross Gilbert uh, is a warrior like like none other. What he has stepped into and what he has bravely done in leading his family, leading this church, you will likely never find again anywhere. We are extremely blessed for his leadership. When I sit down on the elders team, sometimes I think coming out of maybe more of a corporate or consumer church kind of whatever mindset, Sometimes I sit in our meetings, I'm like, we should probably get more done. <coughs> I think or something should, done. Something done. We should put an agenda together, we should do this, we should do that. And I'm, like, so I'm just thinking the way I was taught to think in, in ministry and in school about how churches run. I leave every meeting feeling like I can't express how happy I am to be friends with the people I'm, I'm, I'm quote, working with to to have a friend in a, a leader and a warrior like Pastor Ross. And, and he says he's going to pray for you, he's going to pray for you. And when he says he has concern for you, he demonstrates concern for you. Um, and so we have more than enough uh, in so many ways from this community and from your leadership. So I just want to say thank you again and again and again. Thank you for being who you are and allowing Christ to be expressed through you.
1: So, Peter, is this, is this how it felt? <laughs> no,
7: I think
1: it works. it's going to worse. It's going to get worse,
7: okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone over here? We, Any, anyone?
7: All right. I'll, I'll read the online comment. All right, Peter. The floor is yours.
1: Well, this should take about 20 minutes. <laughs> it's been great. We're going to wrap things up now? <laughs> so, um... In
8: case you don't know, I have the, uh, the uh, pleasure of working with Ross five days a week, and many days it doesn't feel like it's actually working. It just feels like being the hands of, of Jesus. And, and um, a number of you have, have touched on it, Sue definitely touched on it, Robin's touched on it, but there are some things you don't know about Ross. Peter, that was, that was, I told you, confident. First off, <laughs> if you don't know, he is definitely an introvert. And you would never know that seeing him up on stage. You would never know that with the way he interacts and welcomes each of us. And what amazes me throughout these last three years is how you've just displayed overwhelming what it means to be a community of grace, it doesn't matter what issue we come up to him with. He stops what he's doing. And, uh, and he gives you full attention. And I've interrupted him many times. Many times a day, in fact, at times. Um, but what I have seen over the last three years is that being replicated through all of you. I've seen that many, many times through all of you, and, and and we're getting more comfortable with seeing that. As being a counselor, and, and as Ross said, seeing many people who have been victimized by churches in the past. You know, I, I don't push it on them, but I encourage them to consider coming and trying new life. And then I just trust the community here to welcome those people to come. And and I'm happy to say there are a number of clients here. I won't point them out. That's not my job, that's their story. But I love the way I've seen the love being poured out to each and every one of them. And I just, again, I just, I've seen it also in my relationship with my wife. That seeing the way that you love you love joy, that you love your employees, that you love the rest of the leadership team the way that you have loved, period. That has just been something that didn't come from Ross, that came from Christ in Ross. Amen. And I thank you for being such a a great demonstration. Besides your long hair, you're a great guy. (laughs)
7: I'm afraid this is all going to go to Ross's head, so.
6: <laughs> um, it,
7: it, it just, it has, it, I've been struck with hearing the stories and uh, people saying things like, I stumbled into this. Right? I just kind of showed up here. Don't know where I came from. And it and, uh, occurs to me that, you know, if God wanted to build a church, you call out a flawed guy who's not a pastor Who's an engineer, and then you say, "Let's put them in a counseling thing so that all these messed up people come to them, and let's build something out of that, right?" Um, and I was one of those uh, one of those people. Um, ran into Ross kind of by accident. Um, had nothing to do with ministry or um, or or church or anything. I just. Uh, we crossed paths and, um, and I got on his mailing list, which was kind of sporadic, right? Stuff would come and it seemed okay, read pretty good. And then uh, at a very low point in my life, I reached out to like three people. Two of them I think were pastors and one was Ross. I just fired off an email and said, man, I need, I need something and Ross was the first one to call me back. And I set up a time not fully knowing what to expect. And, and spending some time with Ross and just kind of hearing about who Jesus is and who I am, and I was sort of wondering, you know, sort of when is the therapy gonna start? Like what's, right? We're just, this is kind of like a Bible study or something, right? Um, but over time it just it just um, changed me like and um, you know it's it's one of about three real formative events in my life was spending that time with Ross right just it, it changed me, one of them was being saved the first time, and I mean so it's right up there yeah. it 's right up there with that you know and um so, so, you know, um, yeah, anyways, that's all I want to say. I just want to say thank you. I just, I just love you, brother, love and you uh, we pray for you. And uh, you. Um, glad to have you as uh, my pastor. And, uh, and I like country music. <laughs> <laughs> Do
1: you see that, Tim? We love you despite that. Did you notice that? They just Just want to support you. Pray for for me. In that that struggle. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Tim.
7: Uh, We do have another online comment. Uh, This one from Arla. Arla says, We are beyond blessed to be part of this church and grateful that you keep us grounded in our faith. You keep us mentally healthy. You make our marriage stronger. And you make us happy and excited to raise a child in this environment. So thank you.
1: Wow, that's cool. thanks Arla. Thank you Arla, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful.
12: My dad always says you are loved, but before I came here, I never knew what that truly meant. And you showed me that God loves me and my dad loves me. So thank you for that.
1: Oh, very cool. It's very cool. Anyone wanna follow that? Anyone?
2: Um, I'm not gonna stand up, because some of us really are introverted. Um, <laughs> we came here a year and a half or so ago, um, I was lost, broken. We came here through meeting Ross and Sue. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be married. And then in the fall, I joined a group through this church. Never done that before. And there was 10 men in a room that showed me what a man was. So thank you, Sean, Chris, Tim, Mark, and especially Paul, or sorry, Peter and Norm. There are other gentlemen I don't recognize here, but um, without them, like I said, they've changed me, and uh, now I consider myself a new lifer. And Ross, yes, you are the first man I've ever trusted with a man bun.
1: <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I, I don't blame
6: you.
10: Okay. I can do this. <laughs> So, uh, my church experience growing up was not, not a good one. So church, until I... This is one of the first churches where I felt safe to walk in the door and be a mess, and know that there were more than a few people that would come alongside you, give you a hug, Encourage, pray over you. So, even going into that first meeting, as soon as you said, "Yeah, this is what we're doing," I was all in because I know where you're, where you stand. I know what your heart is, and I know how you trust Jesus. So, we were in from the beginning mm-hmm. because it's it's a safe place. Yeah, you made a safe. Place. God has made a safe place in this church where there's so many others that just aren't. So thank you.
8: That's very good.
12: I was uh, mindlessly flipping through social media and came across a video of a teacher walking down a hallway, getting prepared to walk into a classroom. And he pauses as he comes into the classroom, takes a deep breath. You see him put on a huge smile and walk into the classroom. And while that's such an amazing visual, in that instance, it kind of spoke to me and how I've gone through life. Um, I've always my father wasn't really around. I always struggled with my identity um, and feeling confident in who I am. And Felt like walking into rooms I had to put on that mask. And while that still happens frequently, and while that still happens in a lot of different venues in my life, I know I don't have to do that here. I know that when I stop at that door, I don't have to take that deep breath and put on a mask and pretend to be somebody I'm not. And part of that stems from the church leadership and the message that you've been passing down. Part of it is the way that there are so many men in this community that have bought into that message that have really heard the grace message and lived it out and spoken blessing into my life. And, I mean, very much to the same point is I've been struggling all my life with trying to figure out what it means to be a man, a father. Thanks for... Syscoitis, <laughs> <laughs> man. He's not even <laughs> here. Uh, to be a husband and just so many very visceral examples of God working in the lives of the men of this church to to lead me from the Balfourts, Ballards, like there's so many men I could just stand up here and name them all day but I've been blessed, my family's been blessed and I'm very grateful to be here and for your just faithful walking with Christ.
9: Okay, my apologies if you can't understand my accent. Um, I'm fairly new here and I've been through a lot of churches, Catholic, Anglican, some with 2,000 people, but um, really I wanna say is what impresses me here is the amount of love and the messages that flow into your audience, I don't know, your congregation. And um, I'm a fairly new Christian but but as a a person that grew up with no father and a divorced with two kids, the impact that is flowing through your congregation is generational. um, Because I have the damage of a divorced family and being divorced, and I see the damage for generations to come. So the impact that is flowing through everybody um, is generational. Yeah. And... And I think I've been through many churches where, and very good churches, where the minister or the pastor stands up on the stage. But there's nothing like here where um, it's felt. Like I've never had anybody come up to me before and and introduce themselves like they do here. And um, it's just, it's the leadership. I mean, the kids, the, the younger generations that are here kind of shows what impact is being done. It's it's fantastic, mm-hmm. so congratulations for you.
1: Wow, that's so good. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate that comment, because it it shows how you guys have picked this up and how you guys have embraced it and you're trusting it. And, and like the, the beauty of the, the creating a community of grace, no one person can do that. That's, that is on all of us. And so to hear all of this, uh, all, all the comments about how, how loved and how supported and encouraged they are and the difference it's making <clears throat> to them and their families is, is a credit to how. Each of us has trusted in Jesus, and each of us have, have allowed, allowed God to work. And, um, and that's, that's massive. And like you said, it's generational. It, it, will, it will change not just you, but your kids and your grandkids. And it's just mind blowing.
10: OK. <laughs> Just like hearing everybody say how this church has changed their life, it's like just amazing to hear, and you've, all your messages have been like very great, and I have like pages of notes on, and it's just, the last church I went to, I didn't really like receive the message, and like we'd always have like the time where you'd like bow your head and try to like let the Word talk to you, and like I never really like accepted it, and it's just so powerful to see how this church is changing people and I can't wait for it to change something in me. And I think you're doing a great job and I'm gonna I am excited to come and just learn more about God. So thank you.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. I'm gonna invite the uh, the team, the the praise team, to come I'm back up here, and we're gonna we're gonna celebrate communion. And so, if you, if you didn't grab one of these fancy little packets, uh, raise your hand, and someone will throw one at you. Uh, so we got one over here, <clears throat> and um, so how it works is the wafers on the top and the the grape juice, which. Depending on how long it's been packaged, maybe wine right now, I don't know yet, but um, it's underneath. But I want to I read to you, though, um, what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, For I have received from the Lord that which I have delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup also after the supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. What this is, is a, it's a symbol. It's a reminder of what Jesus has done. And, and not just to only look to the past, but to give us hope and encouragement for our present and our future. That if God would do that then, how much more will he do right now? How much more will he do going forward? And, and this, this blood of the new covenant, I just think is so powerful that, that this is a relationship that you and I now possess, you and I now are in with Jesus, that is unbreakable. It cannot be, cannot be broken, cannot be changed, cannot be altered. It is, it is rock solid entirely on what Jesus has done. And you and I are just recipients of it. We've inherited it um, from all he's done. And so we, we celebrate communion today as a reminder. And uh, so I'm going to, I want you to, to take part of the elements as I pray, and then we'll, uh, we'll have a time of worship afterwards. Lord Jesus, our, my heart is overflowing as I, as I hear the, the stories and the testimonies of, of the people who you've worked in and who you've changed, how you have revealed yourself to them. And you've shown your love and your grace and your character. And you're inviting them into something even better than they know. Because the reality is, as much as we know how much you love us, we have no idea. There's so much more for us to discover, and to enjoy, and to experience. And so we just celebrate that we're along this journey with you as our Father, that you care for us, and you'll provide for us, and you love us. And that this, this act of communion that we celebrate is that reminder that that will never change, and that will never be broken. And so we love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you.